Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. I'm thrilled to be joined by the one and only Jules Sebastian for today's Healthy Conversation. A TV presenter, fashion stylist, philanthropist and mama, Jules has the kindest soul and the warmest nature that oozes all through our whole conversation. The creator and host of Tea with Jules, a long-form lifestyle interview with influential guest, which she hosts on her YouTube channel, Jules's down-to-earth personality captures her guests and allows them to share their experiences and journey in a relaxed manner. Mum to two gorgeous boys, Jules speaks about how her and her husband Guy lead by example and talk to the boys about different cultures and ways of life. This chat is full of goodness and great vibes. I hope you guys absolutely love it. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that due to the current restrictions that have been enforced due to COVID-19, this episode has been recorded online. Therefore, the sound quality may vary from other episodes. I appreciate your understanding during this time. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Donata Sugar-Free Ice Cream. Zero added sugar and zero compromises on deliciousness. Hello, lovely Jules, and welcome to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you join me today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I love a podcast. I really do. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> no, I know my audience is going to love this one. So yeah, really excited to dive into our chat today. Um, but I guess I, I do often start my conversations in a similar way. And something I'm finding very fitting at the moment is self-care. I think we all need a little a little bit of self-care at the moment. So I'd love to get um, an insight into one of your self-care practices that you've been incorporating lately. I have been working hard at being better at that most people who have big and busy lives it sort of goes down the list of things and it sort of lies at the bottom when you kind of get to the end of the day you're like oh I didn't do one thing for myself and um you know I'm exhausted so I'm just going to go to bed um so I have been trying to pull a bit more concentration into self-care and it's very small things but I've been trying to have baths lately and just switching off, like putting my phone in a different room and just being by myself in the bathroom, in the bath, relaxing, putting the oils in and just switching my brain off, not being open to communicate with anybody else. Kids are normally in bed at that point and the house is a little bit more quiet and I can just take half an hour to just do that. And I'm finding that that sets me up for a good sleep as well so taking that even a half an hour just to be in my own thoughts be alone not have someone at me asking me something not be cleaning something or making school lunches or whatever it is that you do kind of at the end of the day and just being kind of present in my own thoughts and taking a second that's that's made a really really big difference and then burning um like a lavender oil in my little, um, what are those things called again that you burn oil in? <laughs> what are they oh, called? the diffusers. The diffuser, yep. Um, I bought a little diffuser, so I've been really good at putting that on sort of, you know, an hour or so before I go to bed and then 
the room smells just like a dream. You walk in, it's like it sort of puts you in that relaxed mode where, you know, when you go to a spa, it smells like it smells so amazing oh, and you just yes. instantly <laughs> feel relaxed. I've been trying to do that in my own bedroom so that when I go into go to bed, it feels like, oh, okay, this is time for relaxation. And it really has been helping because I'm a terrible sleeper. I go to bed so late. I just sort of go the distance. Yeah. and Yeah, so... Those are two things that I've been doing to just sort of calm myself and and give myself a minute. I love both of those so much. They sound so nice. And yeah, I can totally relate to the what in your bedroom to smell like a day spa. Like when do you ever walk in one of them and not feel relaxed? It's the most beautiful feeling and sensation to walk in and just be like, oh, I automatically feel so much more zen. So that's such a beautiful self-care practice. I could imagine, yeah, especially with such busy lives and children and, you know, all the added extras that come. um, I think it's really important to, yeah, really wind down the body and the nervous system, especially before bed. So that's such a beautiful practice to be incorporating. Yeah. And it's easy too. It's not something that's difficult and you've got to really think about. And I think that's the key because if it's too much time planning and effort like I'm just not going to do it I won't I won't do it so I think as simple as like putting water in a diffuser and putting a few oils on and turning it on is, is something I can definitely achieve yeah I love that and I think that's so true you know it shouldn't have to be complicated in a way you know it can be a really simple practice that actually still brings about so much joy so yeah that's so nice and I guess you know it's quite crazy times in the world right now I think there's a lot of anxiety and stress and a lot of stuff happening to us and it seems quite relentless at the moment. And I'd love to kind of get an understanding of how you are personally prioritising your health at the moment. It is crazy times. It's overwhelming times. I I know, um, you know, when Corona first hit and then, you know, we kind of got through all of that and then... Black Lives Matters has just kind of been prominent and top of mind right now for everyone. I found myself being, there was a lot of overwhelm for me. There was a lot of just not being able to think about anything else except for that because I I think quite naturally I'm an empath and I just, my empathy went into overdrive and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, what I was reading listening to people's stories, you know, watching stuff online, reading things and listening to podcasts and just diving in really, really deep into the learning and the listening is is what everyone has been doing. And I felt it really sort of hit me very, very hard and my heart was just breaking all over the place for, for what other people were going through and trying to think of things that, that I could do to help and, and try and be a part of the change and, you know, starting in my own home and in my own family and doing all the right things. And, you know, like even with when COVID hit, you're just like, okay, you really had to alter your thinking, you had to alter your lifestyle completely. Everything changed, you know, where we were once kind of free to roam around and we could send our kids to school, all of a sudden we were not able to do that and and even just like you know reading the news or listening and and trying to do the right thing by the law and the world and everybody's health I found that you know like oh everything changed every day and things were sort of you had to really keep up with what was going on and like I'm I'm a stickler for a law and so I I was I felt really anxious that I was breaking the rule and I didn't want to get 
myself in trouble. I didn't want to get my family in trouble. I didn't want to get the elderly in trouble. I wanted everyone to be safe and healthy and all. I felt the pressure of all of that. Oh, I love that about you. (laughs) No, but in answer to your question, I'm probably a little over the top when it comes to the feelings of things. I think I feel things very deeply and very heavily. And I think if you're a person like that, it's easy to sort of go down a very deep, dark hole. But I think in order to come out of that and to protect myself, I think I look at it in logical steps. So I can't do everything. I can't save the world right now, but I can do something. And so I think for me, it's taking those little steps that I know that I can do, that I can be a part of, that's within my capacity, that's within my time frame, that's within my family. Those are the things that I will throw myself into and and those are the things that I will do to help because it's easy to, to be overwhelmed to think, oh, I have to do this now and I have to do that now and I should be doing that and I'm seeing that person over there doing this and maybe I should be a part of that. And it's very, very easy to get caught up in it. But I think just coming back to those practical things of what can I actually do? What am I capable of in this moment? You know, can I donate something? Can I talk about something? Can I listen to something? Can I learn something? Can I have a conversation with somebody? Can I talk to my kids about this stuff? Those are things that are in my world and in my capacity to do and and just breaking it down and not feeling like I have to be some sort of prime minister and, <laughs> um, you know, save everyone right now and because you, you can't, you can't. You know, there, there are people that can and are and doing and, I mean, support those people all the way. I can only do what I can do and so I think just turning your attention towards those things and doing them well is sort of how I go about protecting my mental health and my own health in times where it's like a little overwhelming and tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is such incredible advice. Um, I just took so much from them that then because I feel exactly like you. I'm such an empath and I just like, I remember like two Fridays ago, because I work from my mum's house on a Friday and I, she lives next door to my grandma's. So I was sitting at my grandma's working and I went into the house to my mum and I just said, I can't keep going today, mum. And she's like, why? And I'm like, oh, I just am like exactly reading, watching so much. And I'm like, I just feel like so emotional. And she said to me, you've always been like that. You've been like that since a kid. And I was like, oh, okay. But you you know, I think it was the first time that I really, really felt that so heavy that it was kind of controlling all of my thoughts and all of my emotions. So I think that's such beautiful advice because it's so true. It's like, how can we as an individual person make the change? How can we be part of the change? And it can be things as just in your own home, like how your children talk, how you talk to them, like starting conversations, um, you know, reading books, like all of these things that can be about diversity and equality and all of that. We can just bring them into conversations and books and TV shows they're watching. So I think sometimes we do get trapped in a bit of that overwhelm or that anxiety around I need to do more and it needs to be big like you know the impact needs to be big but if as a collective we're all making individual change then the change becomes really big yes I 100% agree I read this amazing quote and I'm going to get it so wrong but it um it was Mother Teresa 
quote, and she's yeah. talking about the ocean and how the ocean is nothing without the drops. And oh. yeah, and I was like, I mean, that's completely wrong, but um, how she says it is obviously beautiful and amazing. But that was a game changer for me when I read that because I thought it's so true. Like the ocean is a powerful beast. It's this beautiful thing in the world. It has so much power and, and grace and it, it is it's so needed in the world and, and how the earth turns and all the rest of it. But without the tiny drops, it's nothing. It, it doesn't exist. There is no ocean. And I consider us all as humans to be those tiny drops that make up a beautiful, amazing ocean. And if we are all doing our part, then that's what makes the difference. And it might seem small and tiny and insignificant, but it all it all is working towards a better world. Oh my goodness. I love, love, love that. I'm going to find that quote because that is so beautiful and such a perfect take on exactly what's happening right now, you know, and I think for anyone who is kind of feeling a little bit like, well, how can I play my part? How can I do my bit? It's exactly that, like make the change in your home. I saw a beautiful quote. I think it was from, it was by Oh Danny, Oh Happy Danny. She's on Instagram. I've started following her and she does really beautiful illustrations. And it said about, I'll get this wrong as well, but (laughs) basically the the part of the quote was um, a picture of a home, a picture of a heart and a picture of a world. So it was like, change it in your home, change it in your heart, and then you'll change the world ultimately. And that's been something that's really stuck with me, I think, throughout this time is like, okay, where I can be compassionate to every person that I encounter. I can have a home where I teach my daughter that everyone is equal and to love and show kindness to every single human being. And, you know, there's those those things that we can do as individuals that then as a collective have that ripple effect. So, yeah, there is some really beautiful quotes and illustrations and stuff going around on Instagram right now that, that do give it a really simple way, I guess, of looking at it in, you know, of showing that we can all be part of that change. Absolutely. I actually shared that quote on my Instagram. So it spoke to me as well. For sure. And oh, I, the I Danny, think, oh, happy yeah, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. It was so beautiful, wasn't it? I know I've seen it actually quite a bit. It's, it, I think it really um, spoke to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think too, as parents, our kids are just, they're looking to us as an example. That's sort of how Guy and I sort of look at our parenting is that we are right now their example of how to be in the world and how to live. And even last night we went out for dinner, took the kids out for a Thursday night, you know, Thai dinner. And in the restaurant, I mean, obviously Guy is, um, mum is Anglo-Indian and his dad is Sri Lankan Portuguese. So he comes from a very amazing, diverse culture background and we're all about the food and, you know, the flavour. So <laughs> we, we love an Asian dish. Um, so we, yeah, we were at this Thai restaurant and I'm looking around and there are just so many diverse cultures sitting in one room. Um, there was a beautiful table of Muslim women with their headscarves on. There was a whole family of about 15 Indian mums and dads and kids and, and family having a dinner. There was a, a man sitting next to us having, like just alone sitting at his table having his, his meal and Archie, my six-year-old, he was asking about the headscarf 
um, of the women. And we had an amazing conversation about how people come from different cultures and countries. And then he was asking me about accents. And I was like, well, you know, Dali, which is Guy's mum, his, his grandmother, I was like, you know, Dali has, has an accent. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, Dali has an Indian accent. He's like, no, she doesn't. And I was like, we don't hear it because she's your daddy and, and you're used to that. But, you know, she comes from a different country and she comes from a different culture. And, and we were just able to have this amazing conversation around culture and countries and language and accents. Um, just sitting there in the restaurant, just being surrounded by so many beautiful different people. And I, I think we, we ended up paying for one of the meals from one of the families that were there. But in that moment, I was like, this is our chance as parents and, and an opportunity for, for our kids to see us in action in this very moment where every you know single person in that room is a beautiful soul, comes from their own story, comes from their own family. Everyone's facing something in their life. And for, for our kids to see us, you know, talking about family and how it's the same as our family and that's their, their sons and that's their daughters and they're coming out for a beautiful meal and, hey, let's do something kind, let's pay for their dinner tonight. And they're watching us having those conversations and doing our act of kindness for the day. And so I think that's all it comes down to. It's not, it's not hard. It's not, it's not something you have to, you know, really even learn. It's just being open and being a, a good person that's, that's having these honest conversations. I love that so much. That's such a beautiful story. And it's so true. That's all it is, you know, about instead of almost, I guess you could have just sat at the table and not even gone into why they wear their headscarves. You know, you could easily just be like, oh, but giving your kids that knowledge and that um, exclusivity explanation as to why they do opens up that whole beautiful conversation. And so I just, you know, kids are never too young to learn. It's actually something my maternal health nurse says to me, like my daughter's only nine months and she always says to me, Maddie, she's never too young to learn. And I really take that on board because I just think, you know, they're so much smarter and wiser than we give kids credit for. And they're, you know, even if it's just our energy that when we're speaking that they're taking on board, you know, I think that there's so much that they can soak up and they might not fully understand every single thing we're saying but um you know just to see us telling a story or saying something with enthusiasm shows that we really care so I love that thank you so much for sharing that that's such a gorgeous story (laughs) Um, I'm sure your boys would have loved it as well (laughs) it's so nice and they really loved their food as well (laughs) Archie said this was the best meal I've ever had (laughs) that is so cute when you said Thai I was like oh that's my favorite I love it love a good Asian dish (laughs) Um, it's seriously the best I honestly think that that would be my last Vietnamese or Thai would be my last meals if I had to choose one what would what would be yours okay this is so boring and probably no one in the world would choose this but I would have to go with my mum's tuna mornay Oh, I love that. Oh, your mum would be so happy about that. (laughs) I mean, she probably already knows deep down that that's what I would choose. But uh, it's just, I mean, it looks like vomit. I'm not going to lie. It looks like someone (laughs) vomited into your bowl. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like a mess. Hey, the best dishes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tuna bake, you know. There's nothing fancy about it, but wow, whatever she does to that, I can never replicate it, and it is so good. So I think that one might be my my last meal. Oh, that is so good, so good. Um, now, I I would like to shift gears a little bit because I'd love to give the audience a bit more insight into you and all your wonderful work. I'm a huge fan of your tea with Jules, um, so I really want to chat about that today. But I guess for anyone who might not know a huge amount about you, what would you say your elevator pitch is? I guess I started out not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, but I was interested and curious about a lot of different things, music, sport, um, fashion, the creative world, all of those things. So I, I have explored a lot of different paths and gone down a lot of different roads to sort of lead to where, where I am now. And then I guess without the story of my husband and how that sort of intersects, I can't tell the rest of the story. So along the journey, um, my husband is Gus Bastian. He won Australian Idol in 2003 and he was my boyfriend at the time. And so the trajectory of our lives did a bit of a 360 (laughs) and things like just exploded and went in all sorts of directions. And so then it was kind of back to the drawing board and figuring out how to live a fairly different life and um, yeah moved from I grew up in Adelaide and so then moved to Sydney to the big smoke and didn't know anybody didn't have you know just had a a regular job in a in an office um, answering the phone just sort of paying my way through the expensive Sydney life trying to start again really because you know I had established life in Adelaide and then sort of moved here and you know, being being the, the partner of someone who was like, you know, pretty famous and <laughs> like just weird, weird, a weird life. That would be so crazy, like such a whirlwind as well, because it just happens, I guess, so quickly, you know, even obviously he's on the show for a while, but I mean like the success of him being an artist is almost like an overnight thing. He goes and records an album the next day. <laughs> kind yes. of thing. Yeah. So literally. That would yeah. be insane to kind of comprehend, I guess. Insane is a good word, an excellent word. It was insane at the time for sure. There's a lot of talk right now about the new normal that we're living and that's sort of how back then I looked at it. It was like my normal life in Adelaide, everything was cruisy, everything was normal, dating dating a guy who didn't, you know, very well but not many people knew about that and then the turbulent like moment of him being on tv and you know that kind of gear change and then into the new normal of the new life so it went in stages for sure and so I just had to learn how to navigate and be in the new normal I guess kind of like what everyone's doing right now so you have to you have to learn learn things differently and and pivot which is you know the the new word right now the buzzword um yeah and figure it out and so I had the decision of like bailing and just getting the hell out of there or jumping in you know two feet and just seeing what life had on offer and so yeah I moved to Sydney and um, ended up working my office job and then I took myself to fashion school um at night time where I studied um, design and business in fashion and that led me into 
and create and styling. I didn't really know what styling was until I, I was doing uh, work experience or interning, interning on the weekend at this little shop in Darlinghurst and in that shop. It was a retail shop, but they actually made all the clothes that they put on the shelves at, at the back of their shop on the little um, sewing machine at the back there. And it was across the road from the office that I worked in. I just sort of stumbled across them one day and I was like, what is this place? This is amazing. And so I was sort of going there because I had no friends. <laughs> I was going there on the weekend after, you know, I'd worked all week and gone to school and done all of that. And I was never in town because I was traveling so much. So I was literally just alone all the time. And they really took me under oh, their wow. I know. I feel sorry for me. Um, <laughs> um, I was so lonely. Um, so, yeah, they really took me under their wing and taught me so much. They taught me so much about retail and selling and, and design and, you know, garment and garments and fabric and all that sort of thing alongside when I was going to fashion stores, learning all of that as well. And then a stylist happened to come into the store to do a pull for a shoot that she was doing and I was just helping her out getting some stuff and we got to talking she was asking me what I was doing and she was like her name is Jennifer Jennifer Smith and she was a big deal in this country at the time she worked for Vogue and she did a lot of all the kind of big advertising jobs and I didn't really know who I was talking to I just you know she was just really nice to me and asking me about my stuff and then she asked if I would come and assist her on a on a job that she had. I think she was doing Australia the next top model, Australia's next top model. Oh wow! Yeah, she was cool. styling something for that, and so I went along to this shoot, and I was her assistant. So, and I'd never done that before, so I didn't really know what was required of me. But I just sort of did whatever she told me, and what anyone told me to do on the day. Um, whether it was like get them a coffee tape up the shoes, hang the garment bags, unpack the things, hold the light for the photographer, whatever it was that needed to be done. I just sort of put my hand up and threw my hat in the ring. And from that shoot, she sort of hired me, I guess, as her assistant and I was able to work um, when I could, when I wasn't at school, when I wasn't working. And, yeah, I just sort of kept working with her and she had some really amazing jobs and gave me so much opportunity and so much experience and she was so kind to me through those years um, and I just learned basically everything that I needed to know from from being on all of the sets and all of the shoots, learned all set etiquette and how to get clothes and how to be on set, how to talk to photographers, how to get the good shots and all the rest of it, everything you kind of need to know until eventually I sort of worked my way up to styling my own shoots. And then it just sort of has gone from there. The, when the tables turned, because being the stylist, you're on the other side of the camera. You're never the upfront person. You're yeah. you're always putting the clothes on the person that's the upfront person. And I was very comfortable in that lane. Um, <laughs> you know, guy was obviously the upfront person, and I was more than happy to not to not be that person. Quite shy by nature, and so that suited me. But then a t- weird twist of fate, I suppose. Maybe it was just what was meant to be. I was asked to do a television show with MTV. At first, I thought they wanted me to style the show, and I was like, um, "Well, I just had a baby. My baby was uh, my first baby was five weeks old at the time when they asked me to do it. So I was like, oh my it's a hard goodness. no for me. Absolutely not. <laughs> five um, weeks. Yeah. 
five weeks, yeah. Asked me to You're in like a fog then at five oh, weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like not even a human at that point. And so I was like, it's it's a polite decline for me. There's no way. Um, but then they're like, no, we want you to be in front of the camera. We want you to be the on-camera stylist. And I was like, well, it's a double hard no for me because I've <laughs> never done that before either. So, mm-mm, no. And they, anyway, they convinced me to go in and audition. And I was like, I don't know what auditioning is. Like, I don't know how to do I don't know how to audition. They just got me to be on camera, kind of style someone on the camera. And I just sort of did my job on the camera is basically how I landed the job and then ended up taking this job, taking Hudson, my baby, and my mum flew in from Adelaide and we just went around the country and filmed this show to NTV, which oh, was my goodness. I mean, it was a blast. It was it was so much fun. I had the best time ever making this little show and it was really funny and it was like a bit tongue in cheek and it was like obviously all about styling and fashion, which is what I was really passionate for. So it sort of yes. hit all the boxes and, and that was sort of my introduction, I suppose, onto the, being on the other side of the camera. And when people saw that I could do that, then those opportunities started coming to me. And so it's just been that. It's literally been that it's been like an evolution um, it just keeps it's evolving. Been an evolution. Yeah. yeah and I've yeah. said yes to some things and I've said no to some things and the things that I've said yes to has sort of propelled me into the next thing yeah and so that that's you know the very long short version <laughs> we'll be right back after this healthy break once upon a time I quit eating ice cream because of the unnecessary sugar I was consuming Then I got introduced to Donata Co and my life changed forever. Donata Co is a sugar-free ice cream range that is made right here in Australia by three Perth girls, containing no added sugars, all natural ingredients, nothing artificial and approximately half the calories of a serving of traditional ice cream. It is no wonder why I'm completely hooked. Praised for having minimal and cleaner ingredients, Donata Co are changing the way we consume dessert with no compromises on taste or texture. Donata Co ice cream is so creamy and delicious. It's hard to believe it's sugar-free. Donata sugar-free ice cream is available in 1,300 stores around Australia, including Coles and IGA. Head to donataco.com to find your local stockist or simply click the link in the show notes. Isn't it just so beautiful that when you can look back and you realize that the universe was giving you exactly what you needed when you needed it and all of those experiences now make sense like you know even working in that in the shop in Sydney like it makes sense exactly why you did that whether at the time I'm sure you were kind of feeling a little bit lonely and a little bit of like oh what's here for me kind of thing um and you can look back now and it's actually such a pivotal part of your your journey so I love I love hearing stories like that I think that's so beautiful and I like I always say to people no opportunity or no experience is ever wasted like even though you might not know what the reason is behind you doing it when you're in it one day you actually look back and be like oh that's why I was there that's why I did that so yeah that's such a beautiful story and you live in Sydney now though full-time don't you like you've stayed in Sydney yeah yeah we live here now and you've got your two beautiful boys. I'd love to know, like, how, I guess, has it transitioned now having a family, a growing family, two, two young boys? How have you managed that with your business? 
also that has been an evolution. I think in the beginning when the kids, they're eight and six now, so, you know, both of them, them are in school, so that sort of frees up a little bit more time. But when yeah, you're in the baby phase and the toddler phase and it's just epic times where you literally don't have a second to even, <laughs> you know, go to the toilet, far less have a job. Um, <laughs> and running your own business, I suppose, is, I mean, it's a whole other world where you're just, you're on call 24-7 and you, you are the job and so you have to be, present and there and doing it a lot of those early years I must admit are a bit of a blur Uh, I just remember I don't think I slept for about four years and I just was running on adrenaline and and I think it was a time too where I was building my career like it it was that time where you really had to hustle and you really had to say yes to a lot of things and you really had to just throw yourself into it but with that comes I mean, hard, hard work and exhaustion and guilt, mum's guilt and mm. trying to figure out every day, you know, how you're going to do this and the hours are really inconsistent. No two days is ever the same in, in our lives. And so, you know, our families still live in Adelaide so we didn't have that kind of parental support with the kids. So we were sort of constantly juggling between who's going to have the kids and like all that sort of thing and it was a slog it was a real slog and I think it's easy to kind of see from the outside the glamour of it all and you know it all seems like pretty dresses and red carpets and parties and swanky this and you know all all that you know celebrity angle but it's no joke it was no joke those those times and those days and I just would work like when I wasn't with the kids I would be with my laptop or I'd be on set I would be pulling clothes or I would be writing emails or I'd be on the road you know doing stuff so it never ever 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 stopped and I think I, I mean I'm always in two minds of you know what I've done it differently versus you know kept it the same and I think looking back I'm I'm glad I, I put those those years and the hard working because it has allowed me to now be a little bit more choosy and I can say no to a lot more things and I've sort of prioritised my family life over career life. So for that, it, it, it has been worth it to to put in those years and to put in those hard hard days. But, yeah, on the flip side, I don't remember half of it because I was so tired the whole time. <laughs> so... <laughs> When you said that, I was like, oh, that's, I'm right at that stage. Oh, <laughs> the four yeah. years is starting now. No sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's no joke. But you know what? It, it's worth it. And the whole time I thought, am I ruining my kids? Am I ruining them? Are they going to remember this time when their mum, you know, wasn't there as much as they needed or whatever, you know, all those feelings you kind of feel when you're, when you're mumming. Um, but Oh, the kids are fine. The kids are great. <laughs> they're, they're awesome. And I think it goes back to even what you're saying before about leading by example. You know, you're by doing that and by working hard, like you're actually leading by example to show them to always, you know, work hard for their passion and to go after the things that they really love and they believe in as well. So much comes from that as well of you being a, a working mum and, and hustling through those early days I definitely don't think it could ever be 
well, I like to tell myself it wouldn't be damaging to them either because I guess I'm I'm right in that at the moment of that mum guilt sometimes or, oh my goodness, George is so young and I'm leaving her for a full day. But one of my friends said to me like, yeah, but you're not leaving them because you don't want to be around them. You're leaving them because you're building a beautiful life for them to be a part of. And I was like, yeah, that's that's so true. Like it's so easy to kind of get caught in that wheel of like, oh, I feel really bad. I feel really guilty instead of like, what's the actual truth here? Like, what? Are, why am I doing this? And it, it is to, to lead by example and to give them that beautiful life. So, but yeah, I totally, a lot of what you're saying then, I was like, oh, yep, I'm right at the start of all, all yeah, this. Yeah. My mum even <laughs> said to me last week, what did you do on Saturday? And I was like, I actually can't even tell you. Like I racked my brain. I'm like, I can't even tell you what I did and it's only Monday. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm the same still now. I couldn't tell you what day it is or what I did yesterday. <laughs> But I think to that notion of like when you become a mother, you don't become a different person completely. You're still, yeah. you know, like yesterday I was working and doing this and I had all these passions and interests and, and now today I've had a baby. I'm still the same person. I still have interests and I still have dreams that I want to fulfill and I still have passions and I still have a purpose. That that doesn't change. It's just that that's the hard juxtaposition that you're in because all of a sudden you don't change, but everything changes. And so you've got this little baby who is solely relying on you to keep it alive and to teach it things and to make sure it is safe and secure and all the things that you know being a parent is. But you're still a woman and you're still a person. You still have all the things and feelings and things you want to fulfill and I think that is the the hard part for especially Mm -hmm. for mothers because you're so torn every single day you're like but I love my baby I would die for that baby but I also I also have this side of me that that needs to be fulfilled and I'm I'm interested in things and I have creative outlet and I want to and I want to do things but but Oh, the baby needs to be fed. So you're like constantly straddling these two worlds that you are deeply passionate for and it takes a second to figure it out. And I think it's important to like remember that you're still a woman in amongst being a mother. You're still a person with a passion. You're still a person with gifts and talents to offer the world. And yes, those things will morph and change and they might be put on pause for a little bit or you might have to stop it completely for a minute to figure out how to do it all. But don't lose hope in it and don't put that to rest. Don't put it away into a corner that you can't come back to. Like still remember that you are awesome. You're still the awesome person you were the day before you had that baby. (laughs) Don't forget it. Oh, I love that. I think that's really, really important for mums to hear because, yeah, I know personally I, I definitely went through that feeling of like, oh, my goodness, I have to put everything on hold. You know, I'm not ready for this. Like it's, you know, that overwhelming feeling because everything does change and it kind of changes overnight. I guess once you give birth, it's like, wow, we're in yep. this now. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. yeah, it is it's just figuring out. And I think that's something I really loved about this time to be honest in isolation is to I think a lot of people will have found that they've really been able to simplify life if it's their business if it's you know the way they do things with the kids you know really getting back to basics a little bit and realizing that like you know 
we don't have to overcomplicate every situation if it's our business, if it's our family life. You know, we don't need a lot of things to actually be ultimately happy and fulfilled. That's definitely something I've personally really enjoyed throughout the time. But I guess for anyone who is listening and really would love to have that kind of fun, engaging business and brand that they just know they're really living their passion, what would some of your tips or advice be? Do what interests you genuinely. And then whatever that is, bring yourself into it. Because I think. A lot of the time we think we have to be a certain thing or act a certain way to deliver on the thing we're trying to do. But really, if you can bring yourself, your authenticity, your genuineness, your values, your morals, everything you've learned, everything you've been taught and bring that into your business, it's irresistible. Like people love when someone is just doing their thing and being their real selves. And I think we try so often to make things so perfect and appear so, you know, shiny. And that's one thing that I've learned is that the minute that you make a mistake or say a funny thing or don't do it perfectly, that's when things start to roll because it's like... Everyone relates to that. Everyone is in the same boat. Nothing is perfect. Nothing. No one has everything together. And you will make mistakes daily and you will get it wrong sometimes. So it's like learning to be fine with that and learning to sort of embrace that and make it work to your advantage. I think there's a there's a big key in that, not trying to always be, you know, present this whole big package that's like one big shiny, you know, thing. Like, it's not real. That's impossible. That's not, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist for anyone. And it doesn't exist for anyone you're looking at on social media or their business or their website or whatever. There's something falling apart somewhere in everyone's day. <laughs> and oh so goodness, I think yes. <laughs> you know, just hang on to that. Hang on to the fact that you're normal and that, you know, you're going to get it wrong and that you didn't shower that day and it's fine. You, you're shouting. Yeah. <laughs> you're <showered>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for just saying that because I have a lot of days at the moment where I'm not showering yeah, until fine. the next day. Thank you. <laughs> oh, amen to that, Jules. Uh, that is just so beautiful. And I, I think that it's so important to remind people of that because we can get so caught up in that perfectionism or things having to be a certain way. And a quote that I just love is, done is better than perfect. And I remember when I first heard it and I was a bit like, oh, that's a weird quote. But it's something that's actually really stuck with me and I think of all the time because I think of done as like exactly what you're saying. Just be you. Like don't try to be someone that you're not. Don't try to be what you think people want you to be. Just be you. Just get it done. And that's so much better than trying to be something that you're absolutely not. Um, And I, I definitely think that you're so right. Like, There's so many beautiful people to follow online or you see that are just being so authentically true to themselves and it just shines so bright. And yeah, I think especially with, I guess, younger girls these days, like it is quite easy to get trapped in that that bit of perfectionism or thinking that everything is quite shiny. And, you know, like you're saying earlier, like the red carpets and all of that, when at the end of the day, everyone's still just living life. Everyone's got the 
crazy chaotic mess that a normal person does. And I think that's probably one of my favorite things about these conversations is realizing that all of these incredible guests that I get to talk to and have had such successful careers, but at the end of the day, they're just a normal person and they still had to change nappies for their baby or, you know, stayed up at two o'clock in the morning feeding and doing all of those things. So, you know, not putting anyone on a pedestal and thinking that it's, it's more perfect than it needs to be. And I guess something that really shines so bright and it has through this whole conversation is just how compassionate and kind and giving you and Guy both are. And I did want to touch on your beautiful foundation, the Sebastian Foundation that you guys started in 2013. Can you give us a little bit of um, an insight into what the aim was and, and how that kind of came about? We started the foundation because exactly what you're saying, we we just felt like we had been given so much in our in our lives and been so blessed that we felt like we we wanted to give back. We wanted to do something in our community. We wanted to share the love, and so we started the foundation with all of that in mind. We've been able to do a lot of beautiful things in the community. We've worked with a lot of um, women and girls who have been in domestic violence situations, um, who are living in shelters and refuges, uh, um, especially around New South Wales. We've been able to um, work alongside programs that um, help girls kind of, when they come into these shelters, move through that, stay in school, come out of school, go into study or, or go into the workforce. And these programs give them the skills that they need to in order to go ahead in their lives. Um, we've, we've done lots of... Um, I guess aesthetic, aesthetic work in the shelters. So when when these women are coming to these shelters and you, you see them firsthand, where the couch has been sat on, a, you know, by a million women, and it's it's a bit sad and and dirty and doesn't look that comfortable anymore. Or they're drinking tea out of a cup that you know is chipped and it's not new. And you know, the, when these women are coming from these scary, horrible situations. And then coming to a place that sort of feels a bit drab and a bit old and not welcoming for their mental health, for their for the feeling that they get, it's not a nice one. They're already scared. They're already desperate. And they already don't know what to do when, when they get there. So coming to a place where, you know, we've been able to put in brand new kitchens with our, our partner, Freedom Kitchens, brand new kitchens and everything they'll ever need, like kitchen tables and dishwashers and new cutlery and new teacups and all that sort of thing, cupboards and, you know, everything that goes into a kitchen where they can gather together as women and talk about what's going on and push through these circumstances and get out of those shelters and move on with their lives. And it seems so simple. It seems like, oh, it's just a, just a new couch or it's, it's just a teacup, but actually it makes all the difference. It, it makes them feel Absolutely. valued. It, it puts yeah. it puts a worth on them that someone has thought about this and someone thinks I'm worthy of of this beautiful thing that I'm experiencing. Uh, and that's a very, very short version of, of some of the work we've done. But I think it's that. I think it's about placing value and worth on people yeah. and that's really the goal of the foundation to just say, hey, you are worth it. You You are special in this world. Somebody sees you, we care, because that's it. That's all people want, really, at the end of the day. They just want to be seen, heard, loved, and 
you know, sometimes I just need a big old hug <laughs> at the end of it all. Yeah. Um, but we're moving now, um, which is really, really exciting and something that is a passionate cause to our heart into the space of mental health because everything is wrapped up in mental health. Even what we're going through right now as a, as a world on a global level, everything is wrapped up in, in how we see things and how we act on things and how we think about things. And so we've teamed up with this amazing clinical psychologist and I've met her through some of the work we've done, done with the foundation with a program called Girls Who Flow. And she was a Oh, is that Liv and Liv and Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I so love yeah. Liv so much. Oh. She's been a guest on the show. Oh, she's she amazing. She's the best. She's like an energizer <laughs> bunny. <laughs> she is. I haven't met Tegan. I'm sure she's just as lovely. Um, but oh. they're such a powerful little duo. I love them. Yes. And we got involved as a, as a foundation and helped kind of um, support them through them touring around Australia and bringing this amazing message to, to young girls about self-esteem and self-worth and you know eating healthily and taking care of their bodies and um, mental health and all this. And so we met um, Dr. Haley, who is clinical psychologist who was taking the, the psychology sort of section of Girls Who Glow and she's a phenomenal woman. She's like got you know two degrees, a PhD in, in bullying. So that's her special her special practice is, is working with, with teenagers who are being bullied. I need to have a PhD in that. She knows a thing or two about it. Um, wow. And so she's started this program because Guy and I were like, we want to do something in this space and I lost my brother to suicide 12 years ago and Guy recently lost a band member, which he wrote the song Quiet about his band member who lost to suicide. So it's it's something that is just so close to our our families and our hearts and it's it's such a big problem and, and we just wanted to do something to help there. So Dr. Haley has this program that is basically – formed to go into school so this program is to break it down it's it's stories of young people teenagers or you know early 20s that have gone through mental health issues who have faced things like bullying or online bullying or you know not being safe at home abuse that sort of thing but these but these guys have found skills and found steps on how to get out of it and Dr. Haley has put it together in a in a clinical psychological way, which is you know correct and real and right for our brains and how we function as humans. And she's put it into bite-sized pieces so that these kids can go into a lesson in their school, and it's run by the teacher, facilitated by the teacher, and they can talk about these things. They can talk about their feelings. There's a there's a safe space in their classroom within a lesson, facilitated by a teacher being given to them by someone on the screen who looks like a peer to them but it's very psychologically sound and good information and skills that they can take into their future and into their life because I always think about you know my brother I think about um guys band member who we lost and I think what if they had the skills like what if they knew how to how to talk about this or how to break down their feelings and, and reach out. And it wasn't yeah. so taboo to talk about, you know, as a man especially, how, how you're feeling about things. And and it starts young and, and I really believe that. And especially having kids and having boys, it's very important yeah. to us that we are setting up a future generation 
that this problem can somehow be tackled and, and hopefully solved in the future. So that's what we're up to right now. The foundation, we're about to launch that um, with Dr. Haley. She's she's written this program and she's heading the whole thing up, but we're just like, we are supporting her in any which way we can and just cheering her on. And, you know, it takes $20, $20 to get a teenager through this program at school. And so our goal for 2020 and 2021 is to get 10,000 young kids through this program. So that's our goal right now, and we hope it's more in the future. But um, it's a small, it's a small price to pay for, you know, the the sound mind of of these young ones. Oh, I love that so much. I think it's so important what you're doing. That's such such important work, and I think you know, for you guys especially, having that so close to home you know, just having that and being able to then do something about it and, and be a voice for it and share it is is such a beautiful position to be in. And I just admire that so much about you and Guy that you have taken your, your place of privilege and are using it for good and uh, just shows how grateful you are to be in the position that you are. So yeah, congratulations on all the work you do. It's It's really is life-changing to so many people. And yeah, I know myself like my brother's had a few friends now like he's not even 30 yet and had friends die of suicide and it's just it's so heartbreaking to just think that that person felt like they didn't have anyone or all the tools or the skills to just speak up and say I'm not okay and exactly what you said it, it needs to change like we need to we need to be on the front foot with this because unfortunately we're in a society now where I think with online bullying and stuff like we're in a digital world our kids are more connected than ever you know to these digital devices and it's only going to happen more and more so so I think you know you guys being in that space and shining a light on that work is amazing so well done and thank you for sharing about what you do thank you so much that's a pleasure I hope that it can make a difference that's really all we can hope for yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm sure that it absolutely will. And I think even going back to what you were doing with the women and I think just showing people their worth and that they are worthy of things, it's can start with such simple things. Like I loved what you said about the teacup and like giving them a nice teacup, like just going into that warm, nice space or an environment that feels safe and feels warmer than home is, is so powerful for someone who is in such a, a state of, of fear and anxiety and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's all incredible work that you're doing. So we are going to have to wrap up our chat, but Jules, I have absolutely loved talking to you. I could seriously, this would go on for another couple of hours, I reckon. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I love, I love conversations too when they just kind of have their own way of, of evolving. So thank you so much for being guest on the show. But I guess I would love to um, let the audience know where they can find you. So can you give us a few of your little areas where you hang out? Instagram is my favourite place to be. So I'm just Jules Sebastian there. A lot of fun stuff going on there on the daily. And Tea with Jules, if you want to watch um, a similar kind of show to this, I suppose, but on, in video form, is Tea with Jules at YouTube. So just search up that and you'll find hundreds of amazing, inspiring chats. And the SebastianFoundation.org is where the foundation is. 
Oh, so good. Well, I love tea with Jules. It's seriously <laughs> like a favorite of mine. But your Instagram, you've been doing so many awesome IGTVs with all your cooking and your cocktails. I'm loving your energy through them. They're so much fun. Have you been having fun doing them? So fun. Like I am a disaster in the kitchen, so I don't know how this happened. I really, truly don't. But um, I just started trying things and they kept on working out for me. And now I'm some sort of Donna Hay. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I love it. I love it. I've been watching them and I'm just like, girl, this is you. Like this really suits you. You're owning it. It's so good. And your energy just comes through in the videos. It's so much fun. Oh, thanks for watching. Keep on doing it for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, so if anyone does want some awesome recipes or some yummy cocktails for Friday night drinks, Jules has them all on her Instagram. So make sure you check them out. I will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much for today's conversation. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.